of A Dose of True Crime, the podcast with a penchant for poisons. I'm your host and resident toxicologist, Erin. I want to start off by thanking all of you. This podcast is still a baby, and y'all have really shown up and lent a lot of support. For that, I am so grateful. This week's episode is a little wild, so get ready. Nadia Ford had a great relationship with her mother. Ala Alexenko, Nadia's mother, lived in Russia, and maintained daily contact with her daughter. Nadia, who called Brooklyn, New York home, spoke to her mother on Saturday, October 4th, 2014. Alla recounted some issues she was having with her best friend and neighbor, Victoria Nazarova. Victoria, who had recently moved in next door to Alla, was a glamorous woman who immediately took a shine to Alla. Victoria frequently traveled abroad, and offered to help Allah by delivering some gifts to Nadia in the United States. Allah had about $6,000 and two fur coats set aside for Nadia and gave them to Victoria, grateful for her offer. After several delays in Victoria's trip to New York, Allah expressed concern to her daughter, Nadia, that Victoria would not return the money or the fur coats. On their daily phone call, Nadia encouraged her mother to speak with Victoria and work through the issue. After hanging up with Nadia, Alla invited Victoria over to express her concerns. The next day, Sunday, October 5th, 2014, Nadia called her mother as she did every day. The line rang, but Alla did not answer. After repeated calls and texts with no answer, Nadia felt that something wasn't right. She dialed Victoria and asked her if she'd seen Alla that day. Victoria responded that yes, she had just been to Allah's apartment for tea, but had just left. Victoria also claimed that Allah had just left on a trip with some friends and her phone probably died. Nadia knew her mother and was certain that this could not be true. She began to suspect that something terrible had happened to Allah. Nadia grew more and more concerned as her mother's absence grew. After three days, Nadia booked a flight to Russia and went to Allah's home. She was greeted by Allah's neighbor, Victoria, on the sidewalk, who embraced Nadia and exclaimed, Your mother is alive! Instead of finding comfort in the other woman's hug, Nadia felt her suspicion growing. She found the apartment in perfect condition. It looked like the place hadn't been touched. Still, Nadia discovered that Allah's life savings were gone, as well as jewelry and other heirlooms. In all, over $50,000 was missing. Nadia remained in Russia as long as she could, searching every avenue she could find for traces of her mother. Police wrote her off as a hysterical American woman and were of little help. Nadia continued her search, including traffic cameras, to see if Allah had traveled anywhere alone or with someone. There, Nadia struck gold. She found a picture of Victoria's car caught on camera speeding through an intersection on October 5th, 2014 at 10 a.m., the day Allah went missing. And who was in the passenger seat? Allah. Police brought Victoria in for questioning after reviewing the footage Nadia found. Victoria was given a polygraph test, and when she was asked if she was alone in the car that day, Victoria said yes. 
When asked if she knew where Allah was, she said no. Both were lies. As soon as the polygraph was over, Victoria left the police station and boarded a plane out of Russia. Nadia was left hopeless and devastated. She continued the search for her mother for another six months before charred remains were found and confirmed to be Allah's. Interpol issued a red notice for Victoria's arrest on the charge of murder. Victoria remained free and living her best life for the next two years. She was in New York City, unknowingly living a matter of blocks from Nadia, her first victim's daughter. Victoria thrived as an escort, taking money and jewelry from allegedly drugged clients. She dated a man who claimed to have been served a fish dinner and promptly blacked out. He woke up to find Victoria gone, as well as any cash he had. In August of 2016, Olga Zvik was a 35-year-old beautician offering lash extensions and other services. On August 28th of that year, Olga got a call from one of her regulars in need of an eyelash repair. Olga directed the client to come to her house, and the client offered to bring over some renowned cheesecake from a famous bakery as a treat. When the client showed up at Olga's home, the two sat down to enjoy the dessert, with Olga eating one of the pieces and her client eating the other two. Within 20 minutes, Olga began to feel sick. She was nauseated and felt like she would pass out. She laid down on her bed, vomited onto the floor, and lost consciousness. The next day, the client stopped by Olga's apartment again. Olga, who had just regained consciousness, was faced with her client offering her soup. Olga lost consciousness again after eating the soup. Two days later, Olga's sister found her passed out on her bedroom floor, alive, but surrounded by pills and wearing unfamiliar lingerie. Olga was rushed to the hospital for medical attention. The police were called to examine the scene. They inspected Olga's apartment and the cheesecake containers were sent for forensic examination. On the containers, investigators found Olga's DNA and another person's DNA. Additionally, they found traces of phenazepam, a potent benzodiazepine. The secondary DNA found on the cheesecake container was confirmed to be from Olga's client, Victoria Nazarova. A warrant was issued for Victoria's arrest. When Olga returned home, she discovered that several items were missing from her apartment. Her Ukrainian passport, her U.S.-issued employment authorization card, and cash and other items valued at around $4,000. Olga and Victoria had previously noted how similar their appearances were to each other. Both had long dark hair with light eyes and a tan complexion. Both were of Russian descent and spoke the language fluently. Given the similarities in the appearance of Olga and Victoria and the missing documents, identity theft was determined to be the motive for the poisoning. Victoria had staged the scene around the unconscious Olga to appear as if Olga had overdosed. Victoria had not intended for Olga to ever regain consciousness. Victoria proved to be elusive and remained free for several months. An investigator who had been following Victoria's crimes since Interpol issued their red notice was the one to finally locate her. She had been posting on social media constantly during the investigation and ended up giving police the clue they needed. She posted a selfie where she was sitting in a vehicle. Investigators were able to narrow down the type of car based on the stitching seen on the headrest behind Victoria. On March 20th, 2017, 
a lead investigator that had been following Victoria was able to locate her and make an arrest. Victoria went on to remain in prison until her trial in January of 2023. In February, Victoria was found guilty of attempted murder after the jury deliberated for only an hour and a half. On April 19, 2023, Victoria was sentenced to 21 years in prison for her identity theft scheme and attempted murder. She may still face charges in Russia for the alleged murder of Ala Alexenko. Okay, let's get into the science behind this. So phenazepam is the drug that Victoria used to poison Olga and allegedly Ala. Phenazepam is a long-acting benzodiazepine. In the United States, phenazepam is not FDA-approved and is therefore not scheduled. It's a Russian medication that's prescribed for epilepsy, sleep disorders, and anxiety. As a whole, benzodiazepines are a class of drugs that are known to cause sedation and help reduce anxiety. Commonly referred to as benzos, they are used to slow down your brain activity and nervous system activity. This is useful in cases of anxiety or seizures where an overactive brain can be detrimental. In the U.S., many benzodiazepines are available. Some examples that are very common are Valium, Xanax, Ativan, Clonopin. These are the brand names, um, and the drugs are diazepam, alprazolam, lorazepam, and clonazepam, respectively. Many other benzos are out there, but those are some of the most popular ones in the United States. Benzos work by affecting a specific neurotransmitter. In your body, neurotransmitters are kind of like little mailmen. They take messages to and from the brain, telling your body how to move or feel or react, everything. One type of neurotransmitter is called gamma-aminobutyric acid or GABA. Just remember GABA. Uh, GABA is very common in your central nervous system, so think brain and brainstem and is an inhibitory neurotransmitter, meaning that the messages that this particular little mailman delivers reduces or stops certain actions instead of causing them to occur. So benzodiazepines impact GABA, causing increased inhibition of the brain and CNS activity. Phenazepam specifically is potent and has been linked to several deaths in the United States. Some of its side effects include drowsiness and fatigue, with higher doses causing loss of motor coordination, confusion, slurred speech. At a toxic level, phenazepam can cause anterograde amnesia, sedation, motor impairment, and ataxia. So to break that down a little further, uh, anterograde amnesia is basically the impairment of memories after the drug was ingested. Um, so think of Olga. She was given this medication via cheesecake and does not remember most of what happened after that. She remembers the chicken soup, and then it's pretty much black. Sedation is going towards a loss of consciousness. Uh, motor impairment is the loss of movement control and or sensation. So that can be weakness, reduced balance, poor coordination, all of those. Um, and then ataxia refers to kind of a collection of disorders that are centered around poor muscle control. So it can cause really clumsy movements. Uh, a lot of times it's compared to the symptoms of someone who's drunk, where they're stumbling and they have slurred speech. Benzos can get to work on the human body pretty quickly. Olga ended up vomiting after about 20 minutes, thus removing part of the initial dose from her system. 
Victoria came back the next day to feed Olga soup that was also laced with finazepam in the hopes that it would be enough medication to kill Olga. So, is there an antidote? Not really. <laughs> um, flumenazil is probably the closest thing to a true antidote. Flumenazil is a drug that works against benzodiazepines. It's a nonspecific competitive antagonist that can potentially reverse the benzo sedation. So in simpler terms, flumenazil competes with the benzodiazepine to interact with the GABA neurotransmitter. It basically comes in and tries to beat the benzodiazepine to this neurotransmitter and activate it instead of inhibit it. Instead of adding to the inhibitory effect of GABA, flumenazil stops it, thereby reducing the depressive actions of GABA. Using flumenazil does come with a cost, though, and often the cost outweighs the benefit. Flumenazil can cause seizures and cardiac dysrhythmias, or like a weird heartbeat pattern, and those can be fatal. In habituated users, so people who are using benzodiazepines frequently, Flumenazil can cause the patient to enter withdrawal and bring on a whole different set of life-threatening symptoms. So flumenazil administration with benzodiazepine toxicity is done with extreme care and normally only for patients that they can be 100% certain are not dependent on benzodiazepines. Most often, benzodiazepine toxicity is just treated with supportive care and time. Olga, from the story, she did go on to make a full recovery and even testified in court against Victoria earlier this year. So that is our story for today. You can check out the show notes for some references of where I got information both on Victoria Nazarova's crime spree and on Phenazepam. Have a good one. to bring over some renowned cheesecake from a fake <laughs> the secondary and cash and other volumes Blew, I can't talk today